Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. It was always my goal with this podcast to bring you people and stories, reminding you that you have more in common with those superstars that you admire than you care to give yourself credit for. In that regard, I found that the best way to do that is to introduce you to a couple of individuals off the beaten path whose warm generosity and powerful insights can offer just the right amount of perspective and guidance to help you along the way. In conversation with my next guest, Latoy Store, I couldn't help but feel a great sense of respect and appreciation. As a lifestyle blogger, speaker, self-care queen, anxiety crusher, and fellow podcaster, Toy's incredible skill with sharing her story with words of sheer vulnerability and raw truth can leave some uncomfortable, something she's well aware of. Whether we're talking about postpartum depression, where to find the time to be creative, the accountability required to own our responsibility in toxic situations, we all have something we can learn from one another, and I believe that these are the more human conversations that need to be had. See, with all the noise and comparison we often fall prey to, it's easy to believe that we are so messed up or damaged or unworthy that we are the only ones going through what we're going through. If you are one of those people convinced that there is nothing that special about you, your story, or your particular journey, then today's episode is for you. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 155 with Latoy Store. Here we go. It's really, it's really not, you know, basically just uh, mincing words and telling you, I really, 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 really applaud you for these wonderful, I've never heard of the word blog cast. I really enjoy it because that's basically what it is. It's it is. you bringing forth the reality and truth of these issues, these themes that some might consider, you know, a little bit, you know, taboo. Uh, taboo supposed to talk about or, it, right? Yeah. But the way you bring it with such truth, um, such courage, uh, such raw vulnerability, because you talk about a lot of things about mm -hmm. your personal struggles. And it's something that I really, truly admire because it's something that most people fail to understand that you can only tell your story. Right. And that's something that's truly genuine. And I really want to applaud you for that. And well, sorry you. for the long ass intro, but I just want to say a heartfelt welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, to be honest with you. Uh, just leading up to this recording, earlier today, I was listening to uh, the latest episode, something that really touched me and something that I'm really sure you have a lot to talk about because mm. I, you, the title itself says it all. You know, what happens when they don't want the help? And yes. for those of us, uh, for those of us listening who haven't heard Toy's episode yet, I really invite you to stop this recording, mm -hmm. go on Apple Podcasts, Conversations with Toy, I'll right. link it up and find the episode what if they don't want the help because toy it is so true because it's something i truly have been struggling with um mm -hmm. over the past uh, i could say a couple of months because upon this uh, journey of growth you realize that personal growth is exactly that right. personal it does not extend we want it to extend to our loved ones you know our the the people that we hold close that could be our mates children whomever and 
I think the rude awakening for me was realizing that my personal growth literally stopped at the tip of my nose. Like I could not control anyone else. There was no one else that I could just, you know, I can influence. I could encourage, but it stops at me. I can't do anything to bring, to make anyone come on this journey with me. And it was kind of lonely. It gets a little lonely when you feel like you're growing, especially when you start to grow mentally and emotionally. Um, you want other people to join in your in the joy that you have watching yourself, almost like a, a butterfly coming out of a, you know, the cocoon uh, stage. And you're like, wow, I'm really, you know, I feel in myself. I'm, and it's not even just a feeling myself like I'm really doing this, but it's you see yourself from the other side because you remember, at least I know for myself, I remember the times when I was negative every single moment of the day. I remember when somebody would give me a compliment and I would just have this, you know, aggressive conversation. I remember when, you know, I was in the house completely depressed and hoping that I was going to come out of that, but couldn't at the time. And so then when you notice, you know, when you've gone through something and then you're like, you want to share it with everyone and everyone does not share that same joy. They don't share it because they're not in the same timing. Their growth is not in the same timing. And it's, it's, I'm not sure if you agree, but for me, that's the only way I can use. Sometimes it really makes me, I don't know, angry or Mm -hmm. sad or both because you see so many things, so many revelations are coming to forth, like coming into the light. And you're like, guys, like, listen, this, you guys need to understand that there's so much more to this thing called life. You know, you can do better. You can get better. You can, you can overcome. Right. Do we need to understand, Toy, that it's also part of our own sense of acceptance that not everybody is at that stage and you need to accept that? And it's a hard sometimes. Again, it's a hard to accept. And especially the closer that the relationship is with you, the harder the lesson becomes. Because if I see a friend that's kind of removed, you know, someone that I kind of know that they're an acquaintance and you see them, you know, like I have a friend that just will post everything so negatively on like social media. You can tell they're going through, you can tell they need assistance, you can tell they need the help, but they won't, they won't go get it. You know, am I more or less inclined to be like, oh, you know, I'm just in some prayers or, you know, I'm just thinking of her and things like that. But when it's someone you truly love, someone that you want to walk hand in hand in life with and want to be on the same path and then yet their growth is not at the same place, that's. That's the hurt piece. So true. You can't carry them. You can't get them to see, even when they see the results in your life, they, and some I've had sometimes when I've had people admonish it and they're just like, wow, I wish I could. And I'm trying to like, yes, you can, you can look, I'm so excited. And you start telling your story, but it has no resonation with them because again, we're all at our own little timing and place. And that's why like, you know, when we connected on lunch club, like people connect when they're at that same level of growth. There you go. Energy is energy. Yeah. You know? And that energy, and, you can, you know what? We waste so much time trying to pull these other people into our growth. But do you know what happens? I need, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I've had where I was trying to pull someone to my side of, or my level of growth to the point where it made me so angry that again, I started reverting back to those old ways you know, that, that depressive state comes on yes. because you're like, why am I not doing enough? What, what am I not doing? And you take it on as your own struggle. Mm-hmm. And I found myself taking 15 steps. I won't even say two steps back. I would say 15 steps back, trying to get somebody to see that they needed to be on a different path. There you go. It's and it's not worth that, it. We're on that emotional ladder. We're on that psychological ladder. We're on that performance ladder, right? Where we're like, okay, we're going, we're going one step after step after step. And then we look back down and say, hey, that's my friend. That's my loved one. Let me go back down. Uh, yeah. No, 
you know, even it costs mental- you so much more. And for those of us probably listening, thinking, oh, that's such a pompous perspective. No, it's not. It's really thinking it's like, not. listen, they need to catch up to you. Okay. And you'll be happy when they do, but you can't also like go back down to that state where you were because it's not, it wasn't a fun place to begin with. That's where you got out of that state. Right. And it's really, really uh, made me, made me grin when I was listening to your podcast. And basically you talked about uh, those of us, those those people are probably in your circle. And the second Mm -hmm. you get those two words, you've changed. You've changed. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) How, How do we deal with that toy? For me, it just tells me one that I've obviously grown enough for other people to see that change. So in one aspect, it's like, okay, Latoya, you're doing this. Right. And then the other aspect of it is frustrating because it usually comes from the source of people who wanted you to change all along. Like it's always someone who recognizes that you were in a bad place, wanted you to do differently. But then when you be differently, then it's like, you're leaving us along. You're you've, you've gotten too big, especially because I blog Mm -hmm. and I do podcasts too. So then it's always like, okay, now you're doing this, you're monetizing your thing. So now you're too good for everyone. And I'm like, I'm just trying to live, but I'm trying to live well because we only have, but this one life. And I kind of chalk it up to, again, instead of looking at it, like you said, this pompous mentality, but it's not, I have to tell myself that this is part of the process. This is going to be a part of the process. There's going to be people who are are temporary and there's going to be people who are there for the long haul and temporary could be 20 years. You know, we we think 20 years is a lot of years and I'm not saying that it's not, but, you know, at some point of the journey, the road splits. So even after 20, 20 years, so the roads can just diverge and OK, you know what? Thank you for your presence in my life. And this is where we part ways. And it's painful. Like, I don't want to make it seem like as if you're just like, okay, I've arrived and I'm good. And now we're at this road and I'm going to separate and you go your way. And if you come here, I'll see you. And if I don't, it's not, it's not really as cut and dry. It is, but it's not because again, you're still human. You're still going to grieve this grieving process. It's almost like, even if it's like a friend, it's almost like having to divorce your friend after 20 years and having that same level of pain, that same level of hurt goes along with that. Wow. You talk a lot about um, personal accountability and a lot of uh, the recurring things that you talk about, and you're very open about it. And thank you so much for bringing that uh, so vulnerably. The fact that, you know, therapy was, plays a big part in mm-hmm. your life, in your road to recovery, and also right. dealing uh, with uh, the negative space that you found yourself in. And whether mm-hmm. in regards to your personal relationship, your couple, uh, motherhood, dealing mm-hmm. with postpartum, all of that, that's a lot to unload. You know? It is, And for those of us, again, because 2020 is 2020, but <laughs> mental health has been a very big issue over the past year. And a lot of people, even without dealing with the pandemic, you realize are dealing with a lot of baggage, a lot of layers that they still because, again, it takes a lot, as you say, to, you know, take ownership of the fact that, you know what, it's not them. It's me. Right. And it's a very scary thought to look into the mirror. Mm-hmm. And what are the first steps, if you will, because we're trying to, you know, just leave with people with a few actionable steps, if you can. We're not right. therapists, we're not social workers, but in your no. own experience, in your own journey, what are the first things we can do to actually address, you know, even taking that road? I'm not saying go directly to therapy because probably it's mm-hmm. not for you, but how do we address uh, those layers, Toy? Again, like you said, we're not 
we're not therapists or anything like that. But for when you start to take accountability, again, you have to deal with yourself. It's that raw look in the mirror or that raw look inwardly to see that the things my mom always taught me that everybody can't tell everybody ain't telling the same lie. So when you get confronted by multiple people that are bringing up things that you're not accepting, that first step is literally just saying yes. Yes to the things that are being brought to your attention. Because we've said no a thousand and one times. I remember so many times when, for instance, my husband would be like, you know, you really are doing A, B, and C. I don't know if you're noticing. And I would be like, no, that's not me. That's not me. And so that that acceptance also comes with an yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is who I am. And it's not an easy pill to swallow. I mean, nobody wants to be told that what they're doing, who they are, and what they're projecting is, is wrong. It's negative. It's bad. So the first step is, is, is literally saying, yes, this is who I am. Because if you can't, you won't be able to um, heal what you don't, can't call it out. If you can't call it out, you're not going to heal it. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason for you to deal with it if you're not able to say, yes, this is who I am. That first step is just saying, literally, this is who I am. Bad <laughs> or not, it's this is who I am. Stand by your truth. Yeah. And that's a raw truth. I mean, because it depends on how deep and depth that this is, it's whatever this trigger that you have in your life, because it's really a trigger. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's amazing is that it took almost a pandemic for people to accept the same cries that a lot of people who were dealing with mental health issues were already saying. There are so many people that were saying that I'm I'm upset. There's something going on. I can't process. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And people who would just basically minimize that have now gone through this pandemic and have now gone and experienced some of the same feelings, some of the same triggers that people who have already acknowledged or in the process of knowledge what they were going through already. So it's amazing. It's amazing. And you know what? I love the fact that, you know, just picking back off it, I'm just going to only, you know, just parallel that with myself, you know, cause you know, when you're always smiling and everything's mm-hmm. fine, everything's mm-hmm. fine. But, you know, when you're not sleeping, when you're going off the rails just because, you know, uh, the kids didn't put their their boots back in, this, in the same place or right. this thing is out of place or this thing is out of place. And I the thing is, you bottle so much stuff in because, again, everybody has different coping mechanisms. For me, right. it wasn't really, you know, uh, substance abuse, but me it was mostly workaholism a mm. lot. I poured myself a lot into job and a lot into work. And I was just so tired all the time. Right. You never wish to accept the things that you do, as you said, those triggers, you know, Mm -hmm. the things we use to just divert or distract from what's really going on, you know? Right. And, but you know, go ahead. The busyness of schedules can sometimes, like you said, it's, uh, it's such a camouflage because even now, even though, again, I've had these awakening moments and I have help and I've done, I'm still continuously doing the work. There are days and moments where just the tightness of my schedule will make me feel like I'm all right when I'm like you said, you're not. And for me, how I process, sometimes I can tell that something is wrong is if I start to become elevated, if I start to yell, um, get really, really irritated and irritable. I didn't realize until I went to therapy that high levels of irritability is a form it's a telltale sign sometimes that you actually are dealing with anxiety and, and other issues. Wow. I never knew that before. I, I just, I came unfortunately from a house that my parents, you know, they, they would escalate and 
um, they would yell. So I just assumed that that was normal. And then once you took me, you know, once I'm no longer in that type of environment and I have the, I have the power to choose the environment that I'm in. I found that one, it was comfortable for me to do, but then two, I didn't realize that that was a form, an expression of what I was going through on the inside. And I just had never heard it before. Wow. What does that say about our, our personal script, our family script, as I like Hmm. to call it? Um, Right. Because, you know, I'm from the Caribbean, I'm from Haiti, and you know what, corporal punishment, yelling, you don't question authority, that was basically part of like, you know, our family makeup. My parents uh, were amazing. Of course, you know, when we were out of line, like any black parent, like, you know, like we got, we got, we got put back, like, listen, uh, you, you will not do that twice, which is totally fine. Okay, not here, not here. But paralleling that to the fact that you know what again i will not speak my parents name in ill will or anything i'm a parent myself and i understand that you know what every child is different and i wasn't i'm not going to say i was an easy child either but right now we understand that this is a new reality and we have the power to write a new script for our children and that where where i'm trying to go with is the fact the power of choice Mm -hmm. i don't care what your baggage was but you have the power not to drop it onto your kids, you know, and that's not always easy, is it? Well, let me give you an example. This recently just happened and I hope anyone that's listening can truly hear me. So as a podcaster, one of our most beloved things is our equipment, whether that be our sound, um, whether that be our mics. So does, you know, it's, it is, it is what it is. Yes, ma'am. Uh, last week, last Friday, I actually rec- the, the latest episode I recorded earlier And I was going back to add something in and my daughter broke about two to three pieces of my, of equipment. I mean, broke it, broke it. Like there was no way to fix it. There was no glue, no gorilla glue. It was none of that. that. And I didn't discover it until about, I want to say 1030 at night. And of course, now I'm trying to record holding these two pieces together because I needed it. And, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, there's no, you know, where to go get anything like that. Nope. And I remember as a kid and I was talking, I talked to my parent about this already. She already knows I'm going to mention this, but um, I was talking. I I remember at 10 o'clock at night, me remembering how when I was a kid, you know, parents back in the day would wake you up. Like if you did something and Mm -hmm. and they just discovered it at 10, 11 o'clock at night, they didn't care. They would wake you up in the middle of the night. What is this? Explain yourself. And what is this? And whatever consequence came from that came from that. And it took everything in me again to divert my mindset to doing just that. And I had to, and and listen, it's an outer body body experience because I've talked about this on the podcast before, but for me to change the trajectory of my children's lives and again, making this choice, even though I was mad, like I could have cooked fish creek fish on my body. I, I was totally hot. Get you. But at the same time, I would have lost ground with my own children had I woken her up at 1030 at night to discipline her in any form. And at the end of the day, that still wasn't going to fix the equipment. Exactly. And I'm trying to build a situation where my kids can come to me and know that it's a safe place. And you don't build safe places by using the same old tactics when you know better. And so I had to remain calm do what I had to do. Now, mind you, on top of that, I ended up staying till, up to like five o'clock trying to fix a bunch of things, but because that's how serious I am about it. But at go. the same to- at the same token, I was able to have a conversation with her to explain to her why 
you know, the situation was as serious as wasn't, I was able to calm down because a lot of times when we do things, especially as a parent, sometimes it don't be about the child, it'd be about us, mm-hmm. it'd be about our ego. And so I had to check myself and deliver a situation again, because I don't need my children healing from the things that I'm saying or doing to them. And so for a parent who anybody who's listening and who is a parent who understands that that old school way of dealing with your child, you know, you always have to make that new decision to do something different, because I always ask myself, what would I want my children to talk to my grandchildren? What would be the tone in which I would want them to talk to my future, to their future children? So it's a big responsibility. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because you are writing the story of your legacy. You are because they are going to over uh, overstay. (laughs) Basically, they're going to outlive you. And right. you have the power to write those pages of what they get to tell about you. It's not always easy from one parent to another, from a podcaster to another. I totally am high-fiving you through this one because it's not always easy. Um, you know, again, for people, any, anybody, because we're trying to, you know, give people support. For me, right. when that happens, you know, those situations where, you know, right now I've learned to be vulnerable with my mm-hmm. children as a man, as a father, I'm tough. I do this and, you know, I'm, I'm all about that. And sometimes I am vulnerable. Sometimes right. I, I just need a hook. Sometimes I just like, daddy just needs a hook. The day's been long. It's heavy. Can't sleep. I'm upset about a bunch of stuff because I've dealt through stuff. I can't start explaining depression to my kids, but sometimes I'll just tell them, <laughs> right. I need a hug. Daddy just needs a hug. And you're just, what? we're just going to sit here and watch cartoons. And that's it. And sometimes, you know what? They learn, they will learn that, you know, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to have a an authority figure who maybe doesn't have all the answers. And you know what? Right. This is how we teach them because- that my father couldn't teach me about mental health and vulnerability oh, yeah, and no. you know connect with your feelings. Uh, no, does that make him a bad father? No, no, uh, no. But Mm-mm. it's a different set of realities that you have to deal with. It's a different script that we have to write for them. Right, but sometimes in the midst of writing that, for me, it's sometimes the hardest lessons because for me, that's almost a trigger for me of me watching myself do that to them to give them that type of parenting is almost triggerish for me. And mm. I'm dealing with that quite often. Um, sometimes I have to take a time out where I have to tell my, my husband's very understanding. I'm like, listen, I need to tap out. Cause you know, everybody considers the mom to be the main only mm-hmm. source mm-hmm. of love or attention or whatever emotional support. And there are as many times when I've had to tag team, my husband to say, you know, we're on the same page, but I need you to step up a little higher because Tag. I need to take this time out because I don't want to have this moment be spoiled by whatever it is that I'm bringing into the situation. And that's hard because, you know, society will tell you that if you want to be a good mom, you have to be all the things all the time, 24 seven. And that's, I'm not trying to be my children's superhero. I want to be the mother that they can look up to. But in some, t- some, some regards, if I don't take care of myself, I won't be that person that they can look up to because I'll have bring in so much level of trauma that what good if I am to them if I don't take care of myself. And that's something that I wasn't easy to learn as well, because who says that? You know, I talk about it, you talk about it, but who, who there's not that many people that are going to be real to the bone to say, as a mother, I need to say, I'm sorry, I got to back out. I cannot do this right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Because it shows that you're, you're, there's a weakness there. There's something that I should naturally be able to do that I'm not doing, but it's something that I have to do. 
overblown socially imposed expectations of parenting that a lot of people think that people need to break away from that dynamic because it really drains you I think, uh, to believe that you have to be your children's everything all the time, everywhere, all the time and everything. Sometimes you need to understand that, you know, whether in regards to your relationship, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're in a couple, again, if you're in single parent, that's probably a different reality. But sometimes you need to understand that you can't give what you don't have. And just hearing you, and I am high-fiving you on this one because it's so true, you know, what good am I to you if I'm a source of toxicity, negativity and anxiety? I can't can't be that for you right now. And it takes a very big person to admit the fact that you know what i am the wrong element of this equation (laughs) Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of except you talk a lot about that you know understanding where we are and being able to you know call call ourselves out on our own bs and understand that you know we can't we can't be that person and you know what come what may but i need to do me first if that sounds selfish i'm sorry but i need to do me and that is the safest bravest and best thing we can do for those that we love but it right. takes that really huge step, doesn't it? It does. And it's hard. <laughs> and there are some times when I, I can talk about it, like not I can talk about it anytime, but there's times that, and even when talking about it, I'm just like, oh, yes. Like I, I'm, I, I'm sometimes high five myself just because, you know, there are times when the, the lesson or those moments get a little more tense, intense than others. But I'm very dedicated to, doing the best that I can for myself through them, but making sure that I'm okay. Because there was moments, and I talk about it when I was dealing with my postpartum, that I didn't even know what I was going through. Because again, especially in the Black community, we don't have this outlet of being okay to go and talk to someone. Everything is housed inside in our homes. We don't we don't outsource that. And we're not taught that. We are taught to keep that very much contained and so when I actually, it was fun, not funny, but it was interesting that when I went and started the process of trying to get therapy, because, you know, navigating the mental health um, system is kind of hard. Sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, they don't think that. And if you're never gone through and had to get therapy, I will say this as an encouragement, because when you go and you make that initial call, you think that you're going to call, you're going to get an appointment. And you may find like in my situation where I called, I'm telling them what's wrong, but the reception on the other end is just that they're just there to intake. They're not there to be to like problem solve right off the bat. And so the frustration of waiting for someone to give you that phone call, that phone call back, waiting for an appointment to open. And then that meantime, that space in between waiting for that appointment to come to pass once you finally gotten one and having yourself already in a turmoil the best suggestion I could do is for me, I just begin to keep a tight, very journal of writing down the very things that I was experiencing, the very things that I was feeling, the things that I was thinking, because then that became a great starting point for when I went to finally talk to a therapist. Because we think that once we make that appointment, we just walk right in and we get these appointments and then we're good. That does not, that doesn't always happen. So I know that there's that, there's that, that space in between the time your appointment is made into the actual appointment. And I have been encouraging people who have reached out to me is to get that journal because some people say like, I know I'm going through something, but once I get there, how do, what do I talk about? Having that journal might be the best thing for you because it gives you a starting point to open up the dialogue so that you can become comfortable enough to continue that journey. It's true. It's true because sometimes, you know, you're going to be lost for words or, you know, again, with social interaction, yes, you're, sit- you're sitting in front of a therapist or even over the phone and we're like, okay, 
what's going on and uh it's just like you could express it like two seconds ago but right now someone is asking you okay what's wrong and then you have no you have idea. no answer you have right. no answer you have no answer so this would be a great place and a great way and a great tool to have to then open up that conversation and i also want to be very clear that once you start the process of therapy people have this movie like theater persona of going to therapy um back when life was open laying on couches and talking to your therapist and then leaving and everything is fine. There are going to be moments when you leave therapy, when you're very, very upset, you are almost angry about whatever may have come up. There are moments when you can just sit in a car and all you're going to do is cry. There are going to be moments when I have left therapy and had to come home and just like take a nap because I was so exhausted from just, it's almost like laying this big load and, and you're, you drop it off at your therapist and they give you the tools to help you. And then you're feeling like completely depleted. And the reason why I mentioned that specifically is because that is a true story of what happens when you're in therapy. It's an up and down, it's an up and down situation. It's mm -hmm. not a happy go lucky situation every single time. And as we said, it is a very scary thing to look within and yes, you do have to own your truth, even when it's not pretty. And, you know, come what may, there are some, unfortunately, no, not pretty situations that come out from that different type of, like you said, it ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys of emotions. And sometimes, you know, when you unmask and you take out the layers, sometimes you might not like what you see. And I totally get you. And thank you for laying that out for us, because some people might be on the fence as to like, oh, maybe I might need to, maybe I might need to. If you're asking yourself the question, chances are you might have to consider that option. And it's very important that you understand what you're in for. And right. um, I wanted to also... Uh, highlight um, because you keep talking about it and uh, how your husband was uh, a very big support in regards to your own journey when you were dealing uh, with some issues and when you had to admit that, okay, okay, he's present, he's patient. You said that he's been very patient. He's been very mm -hmm. patient. You've been very patient. How important is it for us to acknowledge those who are, who weather the storm, let's call it like that, who weather the storm with us, you know, through thick and the thin, because some people are just basically not going to deal with our BS, but those <laughs> right. people who choose to stick around, whether loved ones, significant others, friends, relatives, even colleagues, how do we celebrate? How do we, again, cherish those who, despite our abrasiveness, despite our toxicity, despite the vitriol, stick mm -hmm. around and still help us? You know what? They, they can't solve the problem, but at least they're there to keep us in check. Yes. Um, for me, I find myself... Uh, complimenting my husband very openly to let him know that I appreciate um, his support. You know, I'm always complimenting him. I think that's the best way to do so. I think sometimes you don't want to ever get into a position where you feel like you're taking that partner for granted because honestly with my husband, I, it wasn't always like that. And we, we weren't on the same page when it came to my mental health and the things that I was going through it took a long time for us to get to this point where we're on the same once, once he understood what was actually happening. Cause again, I couldn't tell him and he didn't know, but once we got to that point and we had an understanding and I was getting the help that I needed, it became, I would say a lot easier, not necessarily, you know, 100%, but it makes it easier for someone to see the change and they're able to then stick it out. And so I, 
always want to compliment him. Um, I compliment my friends who were there. Um, for me, I try to send little personal notes to my friends. Um, I know we're in the, I know we're in a world of social media and, you know, I, my friends are always on my social media. I'm on theirs, but it's, it's something different about sending someone a handwritten note and just simply saying, thank you. Thank you for just being in my corner. And I don't think we should forget them because they are a part of the story. They are part of our journey. And with those like little encouragements, even when you're having your roughest day, knowing that you have someone by your side is truly amazing. So always just make sure, like I said, a thank you, um, acknowledgement um, for me, cards or letters to just say thank you. It doesn't have to be anything really, really big. It could be something just something as small as that. But again, you never know what you're doing for that other person, too, when you tell them that because other people go through their own things in their own time. Because it is foolish. As you like to say, we're all in this together. We are so connected, but it is also foolish as a society, as a people, as human beings with all these facets of emotions to think that we have to go through this alone. It's foolish to think that, isn't it? Right. And I think, too, that's what makes me want to make sure that I encourage those who feel like they don't have a partner. They don't have someone that, you know, sometimes when you're in the midst of your um, of a trigger or if you're in the midst of a a meltdown, you're in the midst of high levels of anxiety. Sometimes what we want is we want people to show us the support that we truly want or we need. But sometimes we don't actually verbalize that. Sometimes you can think that you are telling your partner what you need and you're actually not. And if you're the type of person that may may not have someone, you may not feel like you have someone in your corner. Sometimes we just don't realize the blessings that we have around us. It could be as simple as a neighbor that checks in on you every now and again. That is still someone who is in your corner. We have to change the the way that we look for support because that was one of my biggest struggles. I wanted certain key people to play their their role the way that I saw the role being played. And sometimes it's like we have these little incidents where there are people in our life that we don't even realize is there all along. Like I have a neighbor that literally treats me like a like another daughter and she checks on me and makes sure that I'm good. And those are those types of small incidents that we need to hold on to when we feel like, again, sometimes it's based upon how we're feeling. And a lot of that can be tarnished by the triggers and the emotions that we're going through Mm -hmm. to really recognize the people who truly are and do love you. Wow. And you talk, you tell so many stories and because I I forgot to to ask you that because it's like basically a low hanging food question because we're dropping so many gems right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But is, is that the journal side of also recording your journey? Is that basically what birth conversation with toy or is there another story behind that? Well, Conversations with Toy, again, is a, I call it the blogcast, started from the blog. And literally what ended up happening was in the midst of me going through therapy when I was in my postpartum, my therapist was like, you know, you just seem like there's something else that's inside of you that needs to come out. And she said, you know, why don't you try something that's creative? And of course, at the time, and you know, at the beginning stages of my journey, I was uh-huh. just like, there's nothing for me. I'm a mom. I don't have this type of level of time and I'm over, I'm busy. I'm changing diapers and I don't really have time to uh, find any type of creative uh, niche. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? So she's like, you don't like to write, you know, maybe you want to make videos. And I was like, "Eh, I don't know. So what actually happened was I started to write and that's how the blog um, was birthed from that raw um, dealing with postpartum. And then from there, then the podcast came along as another medium for me. And that's how it was birthed. It was birthed. It's funny how, again, we always talk about how 
we look at our past and we look at the things that we've gone through as this horrible place in our life. But if it wasn't for me going through that darkness, I would not be at this place that I'm at right now. First of all, I wouldn't be healthy and whole. Mm-hmm. I would not um, have the wherewithal to get my life together. And on top of that, n- neither the blog or the podcast would have been birthed whatsoever, but it was from this dark place. And it's funny how we, the things that we look down on in our lives is the very thing that is used and it's used as a vessel. And for me, I look at it as, I hope that someone is listening, that they'll be encouraged. And so that's always been my, my goal is to make sure that someone reading the blog or someone listening to the podcast is encouraged that yes, in midst of your mess, it can truly be turned around and used for the good. And that's how, that's how everything was birthed. It was from this raw place. That's what I appreciate about it because, you know, um, like I told you, I've been listening to it and it's just like, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, there is no artifice. There's no, there's no sugarcoating it. It's like, okay, this is my reality. This is my truth. I'm not bringing other people's messes into my, this is my life. Uh, Take it to come what may. It's salty. It's spicy. It's sugary. It's sweet sometimes, but no, this is what you're going to get. This is what we're going to talk about, and this is what how I feel about it. And this is, you know, the genuine aspect that I truly cherish about it because it's a true, it's a truly inspiring uh, venture into mm-hmm. both a creative space, but also approving ourselves through the story of one human being who, like you said, you know, if one person, if I totally get when you say that, if only one person can take inspiration and empowerment and just a little bit more of hope. There's that word again, hope. Right. And try just to add a little bit more uh, to their life. You know, waking up tomorrow, that is a life well served. And but you you know what's thing. what's crazy is that when I first started in that started writing and when I started talking, people were like, you sh- you overshare. And I'm like, what? This is I can't over. You can't overshare your story like people, I guess, in a way it was just like and I, it's not even a guess. I was told, like, you know, I would never share that. I, I could never tell that even though I went through the same thing, I could never tell that. And I'm like, okay, well, this is, this is what's birthed inside of me to tell. And the craziest thing is every time I feel like maybe, you know, you try to listen to those people that say these negative things mm. and I find it to be negative um, is every time I've gotten close to be like, well, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe they're I right. am sharing it. You know, it's funny. I'll have someone reach out to me and say, can you share more of your story? And then I'll know it's like a renewal every single time, because it's, it's like, wait a minute, if I hadn't shared my story, there could be someone that's waiting to hear that. And I think about the times again, when I was in my most darkest places, feeling alone, because I felt like I was literally the only one going through, you know, whatever I was going through at the time, you know, thinking I was like a unicorn somewhere. And I was like the only one walking this earth that was going through these tough times. And when you hear somebody else say, I've been there, I hear you and they see you, whether they see you and just it, it's a it's another feeling. It lets you know that you have to share your story. You literally have to share your story because for you to hold that in, you hold someone else's victory in your in your voice. You hold someone else's victory in your in the pen. So I don't allow anyone else to tell me that I shouldn't share as much because I know that there is going to be someone that's literally going to wake up and say, like you said, that they can get that one last moment to say, you know what, I'm going to get up and I'm going to try, even though I may fail a thousand more times, I'm going to try that thousand and one because I was that person. I needed somebody to tell me that thousand and one time to get up and you can do it. So that's the only reason why I know that even in the most crazy situation, I'm going to continue to share my story. 
Dope. So true. So true. Because the best thing we can do is, again, try to help the fellow human being. Because as you said, we were all in that place. We were all in that place. You know, at some point, um, the comparison I like to give is for the gym. You can go to the gym. You know, you can't do one push-up. And then you look across the gym. There's a bunny doing 100, you know. But you can do two. You know what? Do your two. And at some point, you'll be the person doing 100. And you'll teach the other person, hey, don't worry about it. You know, you'll get there. And it's a cycle. It's a cycle. And we have to be there for the next person and the next person because, you know what, it's a revolving circle of love. And that's what's going to get us through it and over the hump. You would think that's that's the way it's supposed to be. But we got to keep sharing. We got to keep sharing. Toy, I want to be very respectful of the clock. Um, uh, It's something that really energizes me every time I have these conversations. It's something that I'm, again, very and extremely grateful for. Like I said it before we started recording, I'm very grateful for your time. It's something that I truly appreciate. For me, it's a genuine, genuine feeling of joy and, again, support You know, from Canada and wherever these words find you. I really want to wish you the best of success. I want to thank you uh, for the platform, for the blog, for the podcast, and for telling your truth because definitely a lot of people need to hear it. Guys, please go check out Toy's both blog um, and the podcast, Conversations with Toy. Go in on our Apple Podcast. Please subscribe. Leave a wonderful rating. It is definitely worth your time. And, again, I can't say anything more thank you so much for being on the podcast i really do appreciate you for being here oh you're very welcome um just again shameless plugging time as we like to call it uh (laughs) where can the listeners connect with you on the interwebs on the interwebs you can find me at toy time blog that's t-o-i-t-i-m-e blog i am on twitter instagram and facebook and of course the blog and the podcast Nice. I'll definitely, guys, definitely do check out the blog post for the episode once it goes live. I'll definitely yes. look up all the web presences and we'll make it happen. Um, I was last parting words, uh, running mm-hmm. tradition. I like to leave the floor open to the guests. Just a quote, a sonnet, a song lyric, a book, uh, just uh, anything that anyone can pick as I like to call the next step towards that next level. Uh, what can we leave the listeners with? Oh, I would say the next level for you or anyone that's listening is that you are not the worst part of you. You are not the worst part of you. So no matter what it is that you have going on and no matter how low you feel like you have gotten, you are not that lowest moment. That is not the worst of you. And you have so much left for you to do. So don't sit there worrying about how just get up and do. Wow. The toy store dropping <laughs> gems all the way. <laughs> Thank, oh my From God. Philadelphia. I am so grinning everywhere because this is such great energy. This is one of those episodes that really going to get go, go all the time. You just get, you learn no favorite episodes, but this is definitely one for the ages. Toy, I want to thank you again for your wonderful time. Guys, another episode of Awaken the Awesome in the can. As always, do check out, check us out on all the available podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You guys know where to find me at this point. Thank you so much for the wonderful journey. Thank you for supporting this mission. And as always, stay blessed, have a great evening, and do stay awesome. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.